Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, October 28th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Missouri and Florida are set to play on Saturday in Gainesville. Well, that's the plan. It's on the schedule. But in this season of COVID-19, anything can happen. It will have been three weeks since the Gators last played a game because of all the positive tests, and that includes one for Coach Dan Mullen. But as of today, the game's on, and the Tigers will enter with the confidence of two straight victories. Beat writer Suichi Tirada joins me to discuss the game and the recent Mizzou performances. After a break, you'll hear from Patrick Mahomes and his meeting with reporters earlier today. Right out of the gate, he was asked about the prospect of Kansas City becoming the temporary home of the Toronto Raptors. Busy show, so let's get started with Suichi Tirada. Suichi Tirada joins us. Um, it is game week, Mizzou, Florida. Looking forward to it. Um, Suichi, there are, uh, first of all, we know the game is going to be played, right? As of uh, our recording this, uh, which is around 11 a.m. on Wednesday, we, we're pretty sure the game is going to be played, right? Yeah, you know, Blair, I'm cherishing, and I think everyone is cherishing kind of every game week that goes relatively pretty normal, but yes. As of right now, you know, we actually just spoke, the media just spoke to Dan Mullen on the SEC teleconference, and, you know, they're practicing, they're at it. Mullen said on Monday that they anticipate they'll have the 53-man minimum uh, roster that the, that the SEC mandates for Saturday. So, as of now, it's, all, it's, it's full go-ahead. And this was a game that originally was scheduled for, for the previous week, this past weekend, but things got shuffled around not only because of Florida's COVID situation, but Vanderbilt's as well. There was um, basically had to play a a musical chairs of of scheduling, but anyway, it brings Florida and Missouri together in Gainesville, 630 kick on, on Saturday. I guess before we go further, we should say college football continues to be uh, impacted by, by COVID. Uh, Just within the last half hour, we learned that, the Wisconsin Nebraska game scheduled for Lincoln this week has been called off because of because of COVID uh, COVID breakout with uh, Wisconsin Badgers and and that's a game unlike Missouri Florida which they had the luxury of rescheduling there is no room on the Big Ten schedule for rescheduling so that game just gets scrapped goes down as a no contest um, but we're we're happy to you know happy to report that Missouri and Florida are going to play and this will be Florida's first game. Since is it October tenth? Will it have yep. been three weeks since the Gators played? Yeah, October tenth. It's it's absolutely been a minute. And uh, as Mizzou fans remember, that was the LSU game. So that's that's how far it was since Florida played, and that was a forty-one to thirty-eight loss to Texas A&M. So I'm sure they were kind of antsy a little bit to get back on the field. But yeah, Blair, like you mentioned, you know this game was supposed to be played October twenty-fourth, but. Things just had to be flipped around. Florida was affected heavily by COVID, including Dan Mullen, who who tested positive, including 25, I believe, 25 players um, and, and two assistant coaches. And and that, those numbers are actually kind of a little bit on the older side just because Florida has been relatively not as transparent compared to Mizzou and their numbers. So it's, 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 it's kind of a weird thing just because, um, you know, like Drinkwood says, the SEC hasn't mandated anything in terms of whether you have to publicly release numbers or anything that's kind of on e- each program, I guess. So it, it's, it's kind of this weird thing where you have to just take what the information is and what they'll give you and, and kind of go for, go with it. And uh, yeah, but, 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 but very luckily, like I said, a uh, game is still going on this weekend. Uh, 
there is still one more round of testing on Thursday, though. So, I, yep. though I don't anticipate, um, I guess, any problems as of now. Yeah, um, you know, Mullen has been asked a couple times this week. You know, just are you going to have fifty three players? Because that's the 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 standard, right, uh, for the for the conference. Are you going to have fifty three uh, available? And he's he's assured uh, publicly that, that yes, he'll have they'll have there'll be fifty three players available. But isn't it, it's just crazy that these are the issues that we talk about in you know in in a previewing a college football game. <laughs> In, in these days. So, but let, <laughs> let, but let's talk about the game and the matchup. Uh, Missouri will have the, uh, the advantage, I guess, of having played uh, last week where Florida hasn't played for a couple of weeks and Missouri looked terrific. They just bottom line, they looked terrific. The um, in beating Kentucky 20 to 10, the, the d- defense just knob dominated uh, the Wildcats and Missouri got enough done on the offensive side to, to end the five-game losing streak to to Kentucky, what were the what were the big lessons, uh, the revelations from from that outcome, and what can Missouri take into the Florida Florida game from there? Yeah, Blair, you know it's it's so weird because we went from a shootout, just touchdowns, you know, ever left and right in that LSU game, and then you go to maybe per- probably the exact opposite of that against Kentucky, you know, and it was two very different styles. I, I was really impressed because. You know, against good teams, you have a game plan. You know, you have the set idea set in stone before the game, but oftentimes it doesn't go, you know, whether that be, you know, it doesn't go to plan just because whether that be, you know, adjustments or just execution or maybe the opponents are doing something a a little weird or different. Um, But no, Mizzou played it perfectly. You know, and Drinkwa said it after after the game on Saturday, and, and I wrote about it just because I was so impressed because they beat Kentucky at their own game. They ran it down their throats. You know, Larry Roundtree the third, you know, third all-time leading rusher in Mizzou history now was more than 3,000 yards. You know, he had a career high in rushes, and he had a couple of touchdowns, and you had all these things. And, and Baza, like, we threw for more than 400 yards and four touchdowns against LSU. He only had, you know, I, I believe, like, 201 yard. Um, and, and he was still pretty, you know, he still threw the ball well. It was it was around, it was a 70% complete, 70% completion percentage, but he just wasn't pushing it downfield as much. So I think you look at that game and you, and you feel great about that if you're a Mizzou fan. And I and I think in some ways this was more impressive than the LSU game because you, you kind of have to compare where Mizzou is at as a program compared to Kentucky. Because Kentucky... Blair, as, as I'm sure you remember, a couple of years ago, they, they were really good in 2018. And, and Mark Seuss has been doing something kind of Big Ten-esque, I think, in the SEC, which is which is kind of interesting. Geographically, it makes sense. They kind of go into Ohio or Michigan to recruit a little bit. Um, and so he can do that. But the way their playing style is very reminiscent of the Big Ten, and he's kind of doing that in the SEC. And, and he's had success over the past few years. And obviously, you know, He's been there since 2013 and, and took over kind of a bad uh, Kentucky program. But, you know, the, the fact that Mizzou can go in, snap his five-game losing streak to to the Wildcats and, and do it against a program that is supposed to be established, and, and this was Eli Drinkwitz's fourth game at Mizzou, I, I think you feel great about it. And you know what, Blair, the crazy thing is, I remember before the season I asked Drink, what, what, would, what would a successful season look like? And he actually, um, as part of his answer, he he brought up the the line or the betting, uh, the over-under win total for him, and, and he referenced the 2.5. Well, Mizzou's at two wins already. I think you look at that schedule, six games left. Yeah, you have Florida, Georgia in the next two games, but you know from there you got um, South Carolina, you got 
Vandy, Arkansas, and Mississippi State. Not in that order, but those, you know, in, in those four games, in the last four games of the season, I, I think you can go at least three and one there. You know, Mississippi State doesn't look as great as it did. You have Vanderbilt. I think you, you can easily split, you know, South Carolina or Arkansas. Um, so, I, you know what? A five and five season looks really good if you're sitting here as a Mizzou fan right now. And even six wins is not at the realm of possibility. And, and I think you would be disappointed, honestly, if you if Mizzou goes four and six to end the season. I think Mizzou fans would be slightly disappointed. Whereas at the beginning of the season, you look at four wins. I think Mizzou fans take that. You know, the vast majority of Mizzou fans would take that. But it, that's 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 SEC football. You know, every every week expectations change, and and you know you're only as good as the last week. But if you if you keep winning games over LSU and teams like LSU and Kentucky, then then you're looking really good for the rest of the season. You know, depending on what happens in these next two, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Missouri was favored in all four of those final games. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. I'm, I'm looking at the team statistics from from last weekend. First downs, 26-8 to eight in favor of Missouri. This is the <laughs> one that, to me, this is the most mind-boggling that I, I'm, I've seen in quite a while. Number of plays, 92 for Missouri, 36 mm-hmm. for Kentucky, and that leads to a uh, – time of possession of 43 minutes and 10 seconds for Mizzou to 1650 for Kentucky. Those are incredible numbers uh, and showed a dominance at the line of scrimmage that um, that is, is got to be a, a real positive sign for, for Missouri. But I wanted to go back to something you, you mentioned just a second ago, uh, Sweetie, that in, in – um, it was a Big Ten type of a game and a Big Ten type of a win. And Missouri did uh, prove that it can win a shootout and then followed it up with this type of victory. I think that's very positive for for Eli Drinkwitz. And if if you had to nitpick just one little thing, and I, I remember thinking it at the time as I'm watching the game, that Missouri had a chance to pick up a cheap field goal to take a two-possession lead in the second half and went for it instead and got stuffed mm-hmm. on fourth down. And this is a program that's been pretty good on third and fourth downs this year, right? They're over 50% on third and fourth downs, but they got stuffed. And and that's, I think even Drinkwitz uh, didn't even, I think he volunteered after the game that that's something he would have, he should have reconsidered at the, at the moment that they had an opportunity to, to get a two score lead against an opponent that, um, that's just you know that's grinding it out, and then of course Missouri's defense comes up with a three and out. The Tigers turn around and get the ball back, and and then they score the touchdown uh, to make it a two possession lead. So anyway, let's uh, that that wraps up uh, Missouri, Missouri and Kentucky with Florida. I mean, this is uh, you know they they win their first two games impressively, and then they get upset by Texas A and M. You know, it looked like an upset at the time based on the rankings, but AM, of course, has zoomed up in the rankings, has played well this season. They're a top 10 team, according to, to the polls. What do we think of Florida? Is, is this, um, I, I see where they're at 13, I think the last I saw was a 13 point favorite over the Tigers. What, what do we think here? Is this a, is this, does this have an opportunity to be within that, uh, that betting line? Yeah, Blair, I'll, uh, one, this is Mizzou, Florida, so weird things happen all the time. And two, the LSU-Mizzou line was actually pretty similar. Uh, once the game got flipped to Columbia, it was around a 14-point spread. So won't won't say to take Mizzou or, or bet on them outright or anything like that. But, yeah, I mean, weirder things have happened. I think we don't really know what's what's up with Florida. I mean, Dan Mullen has been one pretty, pretty you know, kind of quiet on the injury-slash-COVID front. 
Um, and, you know, he cites privacy laws, you know, as, as college football coaches are do, I guess, that's just what they do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we really don't know who is going to be available for Florida, I think. I mean, there, there's still, um, you know, COVID, COVID affects every program. And then you look at kind of the rust angle and you just don't know what it's going to look like. I mean, when you have – because they ha- they shut down their facilities on October 13th and then they get back into them until, you know, this Monday a couple of days ago now. So it's just, it's just another thing to kind of keep in mind. And I think you – I don't know. It's a very weird game. It's it's very twenty twenty esque, right? Just because we we know nothing about the either, or I guess about Florida, and you just don't know what to expect if you're in Mizzou. I mean, we we know that Florida, um, they they do a great job uh, throwing the ball. Kyle Trask is probably you know one of the best SEC quarterbacks, and you know one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC, along with um, Mac Jones of Alabama. So I think. Mizzou, uh, I'm curious to see how Mizzou looks just because they show that they can win a shootout like against LSU, and they've also shown that they can win, you know, this physically grit and grind game against Kentucky. So I, I think you're obviously shading a little bit more toward Florida, and I think um, the, the Mizzou defense is, is kind of trying to just bounce back from its first three games. And it's interesting, Blair, just because well, coming into the season, we, we knew what this defense could be just based on the returners and who were coming back. And, and everyone kind of expected that pass defense, which was one of the best in the nation last year, to kind of discontinue that. I mean, sure, you know, the cornerbacks are maybe a little bit unproven. You do have a true freshman in Ennis, Ennis Rakestraw starting out there. And um, you lose a guy like Demarcus Acey, who's obviously pretty important. But you brought back, you know, a Tyree Gillespie. You brought back a Joshua Bledsoe, who's just been kept making plays the past couple games. And, you know, Martez Manuel is a good piece. You got Nick Bolton. Even the middle linebacker, Devin Nicholson, is looking good. And, between all those pieces, I was kind of maybe a little bit amused or maybe a little surprised that the Mizzou secondary has struggled so much. And reading other people's coverage, they look at the stats and they're like, oh, this Mizzou secondary, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of the weak point. And then, but you consider Ryan Walters, Mizzou's defensive coordinator's background, and he's obviously, you know, been a secondary's coach and everything. He still does that. So, um, you know, I, I think they're looking at this game and, and maybe looking at it as, you know, we can make a potential statement here against the top, you know, top 10 Florida team right at that number 10 mark. So, you know, there's there's a lot of lines to look at. I think you definitely got to consider Kyle Pitts, the tight end. Um, Drinkwitz kind of uh, made a uh, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle um, kind of comparison, not player wise, but just the way Florida uses him. So I think obviously, you know, the tight end is such a dangerous position when he's probably your best player. So between the two Kyles and, and the few dangerous wide receivers, I think you're looking at Florida and thinking this might be a shootout, but I, I really do think that Mizzou defense is, is going to look at this as, as kind of a, you know, a statement and see what they can do with it. I think Missouri's offense has an opportunity to, to, to score some points on this Florida defense, which hasn't, shown much uh yeah. so far this year so yeah isn't, isn't that kind of weird Blair that Florida has this amazing offense and just kind of a porous defense like where, where was it, this you it, know it like is. five that, years ago <laughs> right, right that's a flip the flip the script when it comes to the Florida Gators that's for sure okay hey so we're gonna uh before we go to a break we're gonna hear from uh first from Eli Drinkwitz this is from his Tuesday meeting with reporters, it was something of an opening statement, that, or it was, it was said during his opening statement, just addressing the team's issues with, with COVID and how they're down to, I believe he said it was 64, is it 64 players, Suichi? Yep. I forgot, something like that. So 64 scholarship players, like down an entire class. And right after that, we're going to hear from Dan Mullen, who also met with reporters 
uh, in, in Gainesville on, um, on, on Tuesday, and he's talking about the long layoff. So you'll hear Drinkwitz, then Mullen. We'll take a break. And when we come back after the break, you'll hear from Patrick Mahomes, Chiefs quarterback. He met with reporters earlier today. So, Suichi, great catching up with you, and we'll do it again soon. All right. Thanks, Blair. Just to recap the Kentucky game, proud of our, our football team, proud of our staff and our players for finding a way to win and establishing their will in that game. Um, played as solid as a football game in all three phases as you can play. Um, so I'm very proud of them for that. Uh, but we've turned the page. Uh, we, we, are, we are solely focused on uh, Florida and this task ahead of us. It is a tremendous challenge. It's the fourth top 25 team that we're going to place in our first five games. I'm not sure anyone else in the country has played uh, that tough of a schedule. Um, you know, for us, tremendous challenge. We're down to 64 scholarship players um, this week, and that really doesn't have anything to do with COVID. That has to do with uh, injuries, NCAA, transfers, opt-outs, all the different things. So, I mean, realistically, we're a class down uh, of scholarship football players, and that's really only two less than we had uh, Saturday for Kentucky. Um, so incredibly proud of our team and players as they face that challenge uh, each week. Uh, just getting back into the flow of a game routine here. We haven't, you know, it's been two weeks since we've practiced. Uh, it'll be three weeks between games. That's kind of a, a, a not a kind of a normal deal. I mean, usually when you have that break, you have like you're, you're playing a bowl game, but you have a very different set schedule and different organization and different planning. So, uh, you know, for us, just getting our guys back into the, the regular game week routine. And, um, you know, we'll try to try to do that today. Yeah, Dan, um, does it almost feel like you're restarting the season in terms of almost like it's a new opening day because now it's seven straight Saturdays, hopefully. Yeah, not really um, because we've played some games already, so we're kind of beyond that part of it. you know, and I mean, basically, this is right around where we're going to have a bye anyway. So, you know, you're kind of treating it as coming off the bye week is kind of how I'm, I view it of, you know, we're coming back from a bye week is is um, is where, where we're kind of playing it as. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Patrick, just a, a question off the football field. And I know you, you took the social media and made a pitch somewhat to the Toronto Raptors, but with the city yesterday not making a formal pitch, what would your sales pitch be to the, to the Raptors to come here? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Kansas City is a great spot for any franchise to be at. I mean, if you look at the support that the Royals have, 
uh, the Chiefs, Sporting KC, and, and, and everyone else that, that plays out here. I mean, uh, the, the fan base is crazy, and they, and they love sports, and they love to be here. And uh, if you look just down the road at Lawrence, and, and you see the way the Jayhawks, how they pack out that place every single week, you know that uh, uh, the T-Mobile Center or whatever would be a great spot for any basketball franchise to be at. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Patrick, uh, I, I wanted to ask you something you said after the game. You, you made a reference to yourself as the, the young Patrick would have uh, forced the ball down there. You remember talking about a certain play in the Denver game. And I wanted to ask you, now that you're an old man, do you think there'd be a lot of plays that you'd look back at from your early, early in your career, the first few games, and say, boy, I wouldn't do that now? Or do you think there wouldn't be a lot of plays like that? And, Brad, I'll have one quick follow-up, too. Yeah, well, to answer your question, um, I think there's plays when I watch back. I mean, you watch back games of me playing early in my career. There's some throws that that I I, I wouldn't have made because they were dumb decisions at the time. But there's some throws that I, I hope that I still do make. And so uh, it's kind of playing with that fine line of being aggressive as you possibly can, but not being overly aggressive. And so uh, uh, I try to look back on all, every every experience and learn from it. And I think there's a lot of positive uh, as long as some negatives that I can learn from. Okay, and um, on the second matter, um, the Jets showed some interest in you when you were coming out in the draft. If I'm not mistaken, you went up there for a, a visit before the draft. They had a, a one of the top ten picks that year. Did you feel like they were serious? Did you feel like there was a significant chance you might be going to New York? Yeah, I mean, I definitely thought there was interest there. I mean, whenever you get on those those visits, you know that they're pretty interested in doing their due diligence. So, uh, I mean, I definitely thought there was interest there, but – uh, at the time, they drafted a great player in Jamal Adams, and uh, I mean, you can't can't really argue with that one. Let's go next to Dave Scretta. Go ahead, Dave. Hey, Pat. This is sort of an oddball question too, but um, I'm curious who cleaned the paint off your dog's feet on that gender of year. And then, and then, kind of more importantly, uh, why is it important for you to um, to put yourself out there for your fans and the public away from the field and your fiance too, for that matter? Yeah. Well, the paint it it was like this water base paint i guess that they got that was very easy to clean and it wasn't it didn't affect the dogs you know Brittany's pretty pretty mom-like already with those dogs so she don't want anything happening happening to them that way and then uh for me it's just it's just being who i am and i want people to show that i'm just a normal guy just like everybody else uh, i just i just get to play football for the kansas city chiefs but I, i'm a pretty normal guy off the field let's go next with pete sweeney good pete hey patrick so Obviously, with the records, you guys have a way better record right now than the New York Jets. What ways are you saying on top of guys as the loudest voice to make sure you know we don't overlook this game? I think people understand that in this league, you can't overlook anybody. I mean, if you watch the tape and don't look at the record, you understand that this is a good football team. Uh, it's a team where a lot of guys are, are making a lot of plays, and they have a lot of guys that have made plays in other spots uh, and other, other teams. And so you understand that it's going to be a great challenge for us. And we have to go out there and play our best football if we want to win. And uh, I think that that's not a, an overstatement. That's that's just true and how this league works. Let's go next to Darren Smith. Go ahead, Darren. Hey, Patrick. Uh, first of all, congratulations on you and Tyler and getting people registered to vote and uh, getting the arrowhead of the polling location. But I had a, a, a question for you, then I have a follow-up. But uh, have you had a chance to get out and vote uh, yet, or do you plan on doing that on Election Day? And then also, what does success look like for you you and Tyler, what you all did, then again, I have a follow-up. Yeah, well, 
Well, first off, uh, thanks. And then second off, I, I have gotten to, to vote, and I got to send my vote in, absentee voting uh, and everything like that. And then for, for I think for us to have success is to continue to move forward. Uh, we actually are going to be able to meet with Mark here either either this, this week or this next week and to continue to, to strive to get more black-owned businesses the support that they need. And I think it's to continue to, to get the conversation going up until Election Day and then even past that with different things that we can help out the community with. And so, uh, I mean, having as many people vote is obviously the first the first step of right now how important uh, this election is. Um, but but the next step is to continue to help out our community and 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 help out the people that need need the help the most. And I'm glad you said it because that was where I was going with in re, in regards to you know everything happening for a reason. We had the economy the country shut down due to COVID. We saw what happened to George Floyd. Uh, obviously, you got a chance to speak out in support of Black Lives Matter. Wondering if that hadn't happened, if if you would have had the ripple effect that we got right now with you supporting that, you doing the voting thing. Uh, again, as you mentioned, post November third, what is the you know how do you plan to continue to utilize your voice and your platform to affect change not only in the African American community but as a community at whole of which you are a part of. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing is keeping the conversation going and then going out and taking action. And uh, I think uh, with with this meeting that we're gonna have with Mark, he has he's already had a lot of great ideas that he's learned from people in the community that are either out there firsthand making and making change happen. And uh, we'll be able to, as the Chiefs, as an organization, go in uh, with these with our players and do whatever we can to help improve and impact those communities and and help out as many people as possible. We have time for a couple more guys. We'll go Nate Taylor and then Seren Petro. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Patrick. Um, we all know that Travis leads the league right now in terms of receiving yards for tight ends, but I'm wondering when you watch the tape of your teammate, just what comes to mind beyond just catching the football in the receiving yards? Yeah, I mean, he, he does it all. I mean, I mean, I think you've seen it more and more as, as we have in that term these last few weeks. He's really stepped up blocking and, and, and being that guy, kind of guy blocking from the backfield and doing stuff like that. And he just he's hard for defense to account for. And so uh, when you have guys like Tyreek and Trav and these guys that can get mismatches for other guys, um, it, it helps out the entire offense. And I think that stuff kind of – whenever you don't see these huge receiving yards uh, some games, you don't understand how much they're impacting the game by being the players that they are. Glass to Sarin Petro. Good, Sarin. Uh, Patrick, I know you've talked a lot about taking what the uh, what the defense gives you. That's been kind of a theme in how teams have been playing you. And you just said earlier that you know there's some throws there that you, know, you hope you'll make. Right, the, the bad ones you want to get away with, but you know there's some throws that are there. How, how much do you remind yourself? Is is it a process of like now's the time to take some risk? Like we're down, which you haven't been down much this year, obviously. But now now's the time to take risk versus like maybe having to settle yourself down and remind yourself that hey we're up big or, you know, everything's going well. How, how much is there like an internal conversation about risk reward? I think it's, every, it's before every single drive and it's before every single play. You have to know what, how the game flow is. Uh, if you have momentum in your favor, um, if you have a big league or if it's a tight football game and you have to be, uh, make those decisions, uh, a split second decisions and decide if you want to take that risk or if you want to take the check down and just try to do whatever you can to keep the chains moving. And uh, it's a battle that I have uh, with my my nature. I want to throw it and take the risk every single time. But uh, games like the other day when we were up a lot of points, uh, you've got to realize that you don't have to take that risk uh, whenever whenever your your defense is playing like they are. Special teams are doing what they what they do. And so uh, uh, whenever we, whenever we get in these tight situations, I'm sure I'll, I'll be able to take the risk and be able to flip it right back around. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. A tip of the cap to Suichi Tirada for stopping by and talking Mizzou. Links to his stories can be found in the show notes. 
and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we've got another deal for you, especially for those who want a deep dive into the Stars' terrific Chiefs coverage. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month, unless you cancel. How do you get it? Well, you go to KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. That's KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? I know I do. Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. If you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, just send me an email at bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. Whether it's Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Thursday with another episode.